Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hi, this is Dr. Andy Barlow with the Chiropractic Physician Center of Tupelo and author of the number one bestseller, The Code Breaker. Are you sick and tired of the medical merry-go-round? Are you looking for a potential solution to your health problem? Be sure and listen to our podcast, The Code Breaker. Guys, I have some uh, unfortunate news to share with you as I start the show today. Um, When you get home from work or wherever you are right now as you listen to this, you need to really hug closely your wives or husbands and your children uh, and let them know that you love them because it is very abundantly clear that the world is coming to an end. And I'm not talking about the uh, UFOs that we are learning are all around us all the time, according to the United States Pentagon. I'm not talking about that. No, the the sign that the world is ending and why you need to hug your wives, your husbands, your children, let your friends know that you love them, your mom and dad. The world is ending because the NCAA finally got something right. And that scares me because I didn't know that was possible. And here I sit on May 19th looking at a breaking news story in which the NCAA did something right. Now, I know that it took them a while to get here, and it took a lot of outside pressure. It wasn't exactly a decision that they came to because they have competent leadership and do things the right way. No, this is kind of something they stumbled into. However, the fact that they stumbled into it should scare all of you to death. The NCAA has now decided, finally, that we get to have full crowds at regionals should local mandates allow them to be the case. I'm Michael Borky. Thank you so much for tuning into the Rebel Report. Glad that you guys are with me. Hope you check out the live stream every morning. That is where I have my most fun during the week, and uh, I really enjoy it, so check it out. I do it on Periscope and YouTube and Facebook Live and it's uploaded in podcast form as well, not on this feed, obviously, but go check that out. Would love to uh, to have you guys with me. But for now, we're talking about a couple of things. First of all, like I said, the NCAA got something right. Also, also, uh, what the hell happened last night? <laughs> what happened last night? It's really not that big of a deal, as it turns out. So we'll talk about that. Uh, no news on the offensive line, Coach. I've got a couple thoughts uh, uh there as well um there was a uh, graduate transfer or a transfer that Ole Miss did not get that most people thought they were going to get got a couple thoughts there as well and then there's another bad list of quarterbacks so all that coming up real quick but first I want to remind you that the podcast is brought to you by ABS of Mississippi ABS Advantage Business Systems. They serve the entire state of Mississippi. They've been family-owned and operated since the mid-70s. They started in Jackson, but they service the entire state of Mississippi. Uh, They want to spend their money here in Mississippi and do business with other Mississippi companies. That's what they prioritize when they offer their office technology solutions like copiers and printers, mail machines, shipping systems, uh, document management software, IT services like uh, cloud storage and data security and stuff like that. Uh, phone IP, IP phone systems and 
those kind of things. Office technology solutions for you, Advantage Business Systems, right here in Mississippi. They offer complimentary office technology assessments. If you want an assessment or just to find out more about ABS, call 601-362-9192. 601-362-9192 or visit absms.com. And when you talk to somebody from ABS, you are talking to somebody from Mississippi every time. Really cool stuff. So yeah, Kendall Rogers, breaking news not too terribly long ago, said the NCAA is expected to announce today that the baseball and softball championships will allow for 100% capacity if local and state guidelines allow for it. He editorializes and says it's massive news for both sports. And he's exactly right. It's great for the two towns in the state of Mississippi who will be hosting regionals, Oxford and Starkville. I mean, I don't need to tell you guys by now that last football season was different. Uh, basketball was different. Baseball was different to start, but that has since changed. But the local economy has taken a hit since the pandemic began, as you guys can imagine. So I'm glad that they are going to get at least one more weekend of 35,000, 40,000 people in town for another reason. That's awesome. I'm excited. That's great. It's great for the baseball team having a full atmosphere. It's great for college baseball in general, getting to see these incredible atmospheres that especially we've got here uh, to put that on full display. All good. It's about time the NCAA finally, 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 finally got something right. It took them forever. They had to run around. They had to get pressure. They had to watch everybody else do it some way. But at the end of the day, the correct decision was made. And because of that, I am not going to be critical more than I already have of that organization because at least on this day, this Wednesday, the NCAA got something right. Congratulations, Oxford, the local business owners there, the university, the baseball team who deserves a full crowd for the regional that they're going to be hosting here in a couple of weeks, three weeks. That's great. And I'm so happy for so many people who benefit from this, especially the baseball team, obviously, because they deserve if you're hosting a regional, you deserve to have the best crowds possible. And I know you guys love that as well, of course. I mean, how could you not love postseason baseball in your backyard, right? So awesome, 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 awesome news. Even though it took them a complete roundabout way to get there, they still got there. Hug your wives and children tonight, though, because um, the NCAA getting something right means that the world is coming to an end. So, whew, good news, though. Really good news. Not so good news was the game last night, though. Holy crap, what was that? Ole Miss loses to a bad Ohio Valley Conference team and UT Martin. Um, not even good enough to play in their conference tournament, UT Martin. They're 18-27 and 27 on the season, and they scored nine runs on 12 hits against Ole Miss last night. And there's two ways to look at it. You got to separate the two things. So the result of the game and what it means like about your baseball team is different than the result of the game and what it means for your baseball team's postseason standing. So I, in one of my group messages, I even had a friend that said, well, you know, shit, Ole Miss isn't going to be hosting now. And my response was quite simply that this won't affect that. Their RPI dropped two spots. And so, yes, there's something that you can point to. There, there's a direct connection um, 
or a direct correlation between that loss and affecting Ole Miss's metrics, but they went from 12 to 14. There are two teams in front of Ole Miss that are not going to be hosting a regional. They are not in the top 20 in the RPI. So Ole Miss's RPI, even after that loss, is still absolutely fine. All they have to do is not get swept this weekend, and they will have every single meaningful metric that means that they are a regional host. They went 20-5 and in the non-conference. They have the three non-conference wins over, what, top 10 RPI teams, uh, what they got over in Arlington. Uh, That is really going to continue carrying some weight for that team. Every metric is still fine. All they have to do is not get swept in Athens, and they're going to host a regional. It's pretty much that simple. If they win a series, they're they're a virtual lock. You don't even have to worry about it. They can go 0-2 in Hoover and – they're still going to be hosting a regional. There's, I mean, that that's really that simple. The metrics all still really favor that team. So no, last night's loss doesn't really do anything from a postseason perspective. They're fine. They're absolutely fine. It doesn't affect anything. It was always about this coming weekend. It's all about this coming weekend. And whatever happened last night does not change that at all. Not even a little bit. Doesn't change it at all. So that's good. What's not good is how they lost the game because a couple of guys, so like I said, UT Martin, a bad, bad UT Martin team, scored nine runs on 12 hits against Ole Miss, and Ole Miss threw a couple of guys that, more than a couple, that they probably are going to have to throw in a regional, and they can't even shut down UT Martin. That's a problem. Brandon Johnson looked really good, though. Had had electric stuff, as it turns out. And at this point, maybe you just give him a shot because it couldn't possibly get worse. But even after the Vanderbilt series win, you knew that the bullpen was an issue. And last night kind of underscored what's wrong with that team. It's not even a Jekyll and Hyde thing. It's not. Because this, I mean, isn't all that surprising, honestly. I don't know what Mike Bianco is going to do in the third game of a regional or God forbid for that team if somehow they find a way into the fourth game of a regional uh, because they're going to have to pitch some of these guys. Malice is going to have to throw. Austin Miller is going to have to throw. And those guys can't shut down UT Martin. You guys have known it for a while, so I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. But if this team does not make it out of a regional, this is why they have serious issues in the bullpen, back into the bullpen, and they showed it again last night. So metrics-wise, they're fine. Doesn't change anything about what's on the line this weekend. It doesn't make this doesn't change anything at all. But it does show exactly uh, how thin their margin for error is, and how difficult it's going to be for this team in particular to get out of a regional. Um, because they just don't have reliable arms in the bullpen. And they showed you again last night. It's tough. It's uh, it's really tough. On the football side of things, uh, there's no news on the offensive line coach yet. I was asked about that yesterday, and I, I don't really know. Um, last week, I did one of these podcasts specifically talking about um, the offensive line coach and how you know Occam's Razor tells you that Lane Kiffin has found his guy, but they haven't made that official yet. And in fact, uh, yesterday I was told that there's a different name to keep an eye on. Um, 
So I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. The long-winded way to say I don't know what's going on with that position, I don't know. And it would stand to reason that after or that the the one of the narratives after Lane Kiffin made the decision to move on from his offensive line coach the Tuesday after the spring game, a lot of people thought that, well, he has to have his replacement already lined up and ready to go. It stands to reason that that is not the case. And, I, you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that that's good or bad or anything in between. I, I don't know, honestly. But I have had some people say to me, especially over the weekend, I was talking to somebody and and they said, well, you know, it's clearly really bad that Lane Kiffin makes impulse decisions like that. What he should have done uh, was just let him coach out the season and dealt with it after the season. But here's the thing. I mean, there's validity to it, and we'll see who Kiffin's able to hire. I'm certainly not going to say that that person's crazy for thinking that, or if you're somebody that thinks like that, I'm not going to tell you you're crazy. I mean, maybe that would have been the best or better course of action. But if you know something isn't working, if you have made a decision in your mind that it's over, End it whenever you've made that decision. Kind of like a relationship. I mean, you guys have probably been there. I've certainly been there where I knew that there was absolutely no future at all. And I, for one reason or another, stayed in a relationship I didn't need to be in. And it lasted much longer than it needed to. And it ended up making me absolutely miserable. And it took too long. Delaying made everything worse. Now, Football coaching is in a relationship, but I think it still stands to reason that if Lane Kiffin in his mind has decided that I cannot continue to have this coach on my staff because there is such a internal strife or philosophical disagreement that this will not work, pull the plug. Whenever you've made that decision, you make that decision. I mean, it's very easy to Monday morning quarterback that kind of decision right now However, we're not in those meetings. We don't know what that relationship was like. If it's as bad as people are saying, then why the hell would you keep him around? Well, because, you know, it'd be better to wait till the season's over. But what happens if that toxic energy that existed got worse? What happens if it gets worse? If you know it's over, if you know you can't work together, don't work together. End it. Move on. The timing is terrible. It's terrible. You know, maybe other coaches, I don't know, would have worked it out. I don't know. But if you've made a decision that work, that a professional relationship is no longer possible, if you can't have that coach on your staff, you, you end it. You can't drag your feet and just hope it gets better and endure the season and then make a change. I mean, I disagree with that line of thinking completely. If Lane Kiffin decided in his mind, I cannot work with this guy anymore, you need to end it the second you make that decision. Especially if a lot of it has to do with recruiting. I mean, you're going to potentially damage this coming cycle 
because head coach and assistant disagree on evaluations and players? No, you can't do that. You can't afford that. The timing's terrible, but I get it. Once you know something's over, end it. Be done with it and move forward instead of hoping that a potentially toxic situation works itself out because here's the thing, it rarely does. So um, I don't know how many of you actually think that way, but I, I'm, I'm not one of those people. If you, know it's, if you know it's over, you move on. You don't wait until the end of the season before you move on. That's just me. That's just me. Um, there was also some news, uh, not so good news, with uh, a tight end transfer from Jacksonville State. Trey Berry, most people, at least a while ago, um, said that it was basically a done deal, You know that he was going to transfer to Ole Miss, that uh, that was it. Ole Miss was going to get this graduate transfer tight end from Jacksonville State, who's six foot seven and a really impressive-looking athlete, wasn't really used a whole lot at Jacksonville State, but um, there was a lot of thought that he was going to go to Ole Miss. He committed to Boston College yesterday. And um, I don't know why. Or, or He was also considering Florida State. So it was Florida State, Ole Miss, Boston College. And I don't know why that happened, truthfully. Um. I don't know why he would pick Boston College over Ole Miss. Maybe it has to do with Ole Miss's former offensive line coach. I don't know. Um, I really don't know. But usually when somebody signs with the, wait, what place? I think usually there's a reason attached to it. I mean, maybe quite simply Ole Miss just lost out on this tight end, who's going to Boston College now. It's entirely possible. Um, you know, if you hear hooves, you think horses, not zebras. So, I, I mean, I don't know what happened. It's odd. Maybe they just lost out on him. It's entirely possible. But my first thought when that happened, and I've asked around, and, and you know nobody can give me a real answer. I mean, I, I had somebody tell me that Ole Miss stopped pursuing him. Um, I had somebody else in one of my one of my group messages, but these are kind of people that are that are glued in. Um, said that Ole Miss just got beat for him. I don't know which one's true, but. One of those things is not like the others when you're down to Boston College, Ole Miss, and Florida State. Maybe it is zebras. I'm thinking horses. Could be wrong, but I don't know. They haven't been all that active in the portal. Um, last year, really, they, they got a lot of transfers. I mean, you guys are aware of that, and they're going to start on defense. Uh, Jacob Springer probably going to start, at least you would think. The linebacker from Maryland, probably going to start. He's a transfer. Yeah, both of the junior college transfers, although those are technically recruits. You can count them as recruits. Otis Reese is a transfer. But I've had people ask me, you know, why, why aren't they getting a wide receiver in the portal? 
why aren't they getting a defensive lineman? You know, they, they need to go get this kind of player. And my my response is always the same thing. First of all, it's possible that they can get something like that. But how many guys do you think are in the portal that that you can just go get that become quality SEC def- defensive linemen? How many are out there in the portal? There's a reason that these guys are transferring. There's a reason they're in the portal. A lot of it has to do with playing time at some places. There are rare cases where guys may be trying to, to go up a level. Like Trey Berry, he went from FCS to Boston College. There are guys that are looking to do that. There are good players available in the portal. But you can't just go get a defensive tackle because there's very few of them in there that are worth a damn, and the ones that are in there that are worth a damn, everybody wants. You can't just go get wide receivers out of the portal that are going to help an SEC football team. There's maybe a couple there that they're looking at, they're kicking the tires on. It's possible. But you don't just get kids out of the portal just to get kids. If the fit isn't right or if you don't think they're going to have an impact, you don't you don't just get them. And the ones that are gettable, everybody's trying to get. Or the ones that are potentially impactful, everybody wants. It's not that simple. People kind of word it so simply. Like the trans, the, the portal is just filled with all these guys that can help an SEC football team. The reality is it's not. So there's a reason they're being meticulous with the transfer portal recruiting. There's a reason there's only a handful of names that have ever kind of popped out there as people that Ole Miss are interested in. It's because there's not many guys in there that can help you. That's just the truth. I mean, after the season's over, or, or after the season ended, I, I heard that. Well, they just need to go to the portal and get a couple guys. Well, it's really not that simple. I mean, what do you think is in there? And why do you think it's in there? So, anyway, those are my thoughts, and I'm sticking to them. Last thing for you, I saw a really terrible quarterback list, and it's just more of the same. It, it's just absolutely more of the same when it comes to the absolute underappreciation of Matt Corral. This time, the list came from, I just lost it. Where did that thing go? This is embarrassing. The list came via, RJ Young. (laughs) Jeez, that took me forever. Sorry about that. I thought I had it right here and it was gone. Um, R.J. Young, he's with Fox, released his quarterback power rankings for college football this year. And the list is as follows. Spencer Rattler from Oklahoma at one, Sam Howell, North Carolina at two, DJ Uyunglele from Clemson, three, JT Daniels, four, Bryce Young from Alabama, five, Casey Thompson, Texas at six, Miles Brennan, LSU at seven, Keaton Slovis, Southern Cal at eight, Jaden Daniels, Arizona State at nine, De'Aaron King, Miami at 10. Of the top five players last year in college football, in QBR, only one returns, and it's Matt Corral. He was at three. He leads the country in returning quarterbacks in yards per attempt and completion. And he can't even crack a top 10 that features two guys 
that have never started a game before and another guy that might not even be the starter on his team. I'm, of course, talking about Miles Brennan. Possible he doesn't start at LSU. In fact, I wouldn't be nobody should be surprised at all. That's a true competition. And Casey Thompson and Bryce Young haven't done a damn thing on a college football field yet. And that is who you put in a top 10. I have no problem with Rattler, even though I'm not as impressed with him as some other people are. I think Sam Howell's a real player. Uh, I was really impressed with DJ Uyunglele in his two starts, especially the one at Notre Dame. He was electric. I even get JT Daniels. I don't agree with it, but I get it. What has Bryce Young done on a football field that tells you that he's better than Matt Corral? What, what is he? Literally nothing. The 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 helmet. That's it. Casey Thompson hasn't done anything at Texas, but but the helmet apparently. Miles Brennan's probably not even going to start, but apparently the helmet. I guess I don't know. It's insanity, really. I, I'm I'm genuinely shocked at it. But what you're seeing right now, guys, and um, it really stands out with college football media is just pure laziness. I know what it looks like, too. Trust me. Um, laziness. That's what this is. But the kid's going to have to go out and prove it, I guess. But leading the country in efficiency while playing in the toughest conference in college football apparently is not good enough to crack a list that features two guys that have never played before and one that's not even going to start. And a guy that's just okay in the Pac-12. there's a void in college football media, a huge void missing. It's either crap like this or like what you get at the athletic. There's nothing in between. It's uh, kind of embarrassing, honestly. He's just going to have to go prove it, I guess. But the complete and total lack of respect that he's gotten shows only that people don't watch or aren't watching or haven't watched. That's all it shows. That is all it shows. So thank you guys for tuning in. Always glad that you're with me. Don't forget the show is also brought to you by LBs just across from Kroger on University Avenue there in Oxford. Go by and see Greg and tell him that uh, that I sent you and get one of his daily lunch specials. Those are Monday through Friday, but also... They are open seven days a week, and the weather this week is going to be stunning, so get something to put on the grill. Until next time, guys, y'all have a great rest of your day. I'll do a post-game recap of Thursday's game in Athens, and we'll go from there. So thank you guys for tuning in, and I'll talk to you guys again tomorrow. tomorrow. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.